Hey guys, let me get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Let's get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves if we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere that you can get your podcast. So I will be gone this week at camp. And so if you're looking for um, stack stuff on Instagram, we're not going to go on live, but there'll be short videos at night uh, that'll be posted and you'll be able to see that to cover our days uh, as I'm here at camp. So I'm excited about this one because the topic is something that I've been studying that that Matt and I here have been studying. And this is something that we've uh, really gone through the past year to really look at this text. And so before we get into it, I'm going to hand it over to Matt really, really quick just to kind of give a an intro uh, for him so you guys can get to know Matt a little bit. And then we'll get into what we're going to talk about today. Hey, guys, how are you all doing? My name is Matt Haynes. Very happy to be on the podcast um, I am one of the ministers at the West End Church of Christ, where Jordan is working at right now. Super excited to have Jordan uh, working alongside me in the kingdom at the congregation at West End. I'm also one of the directors at the Gateway Area Bible Camp, uh, which is kind of where I met Jordan several years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I remember he was a camper down here, and I came and spoke on a Friday night, and that's whenever I was introduced to him. And then eventually being more involved in Gateway Area Bible Camp, I became a Bible director with his dad for several years. Yep. And I've just developed a, a great love and appreciation and respect for their family and what they stand in regards to the truth. So, man, I'm, I'm excited to have Matt on. I'm excited to work with him. And you'll be able to see as we talk kind of the excitement that's going to happen. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be, just warning you. But this is going to be something that when the scriptures, when you really study it and you love it, it should bring a certain joy uh, as you study it together. All right, so here's our topic of where we're going. And the topic is simply this. Have we been asking the wrong questions? So think about you right now in your life. You may be asking the Lord about certain things. You may have been asking the Lord for years on certain things. But it seems like the harder you ask, it seems like nothing's happening still. And you're still trying to live a Christian life. You're still trying to do the best that you can do for yourself, maybe for your family, maybe for your kids. But it's like something's not clicking. Like you feel like something's off. But you feel like you're doing the right action. And if that is you, that's that's what we're talking about today. And that's this podcast is for you. And so, Matt, I kind of want you to kind of explain this. This is where we started. And I think as we studied together, Matt, I think we saw that we, we were asking ourselves the wrong questions too. I think so. I mean, I can remember last year at camp sitting on the front porch – of your cabin where you were at. And as we were discussing it, we were talking about through scripture and that, that conversation continued throughout the year. And what we kept finding is we kept coming back to the idea that the issues that we find in the church, the issues that we find with ourselves, the issue of sin, all is a result of pride. Mm. It all comes down to that. Yep. And the converse of that to be able to fix that would be us having humility and when we look at Jesus Christ, our Lord, he is the picture of it. So if we're striving in our lives to be like him, then pride can't be a part of us yep. because it wasn't a part of him. Philippians mm-hmm. chapter two. And what we kept finding is we kept studying together is it kept coming back to Matthew chapter five, yep. the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount and everything flowed to it. If we were studying Old Testament, it, it went there. to Matthew chapter five. Because we could see poor in spirit. 
We could see meek. We could see merciful. We could see hungering and thirsting for righteousness. We could see peacemakers. All of these things were there, mourning over our sins as Josiah did in the Old Testament. We could see these things in the Old Testament. We could see it in the New, and it kept flowing back to Jesus' words on us needing to be poor in spirit. Mm. That's, that's where it starts for a child of God. That's where, and as we studied that text, we started looking, and it's like everything flows back to that text in Matthew 5, and now you start to question, have I been asking myself the wrong questions through Scripture? And so now we're like, okay, now let's really start studying. So as we get into this, you'll start to see a similarity. And this is what Matt and I saw as we studied together. And you'll see it as we talk through and study with you guys. So uh, we encourage you, open up your Bibles, get your tablets, let, let's study. And we want to show you guys what we've been looking at over the past year or so uh, from this text uh, in Matthew. And so as we as we go there, we're in Matthew. You want to start in five? Just, just start with the Beatitudes there in five? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great place to start with it. And, you know, and if we look at, Jordan, we talked about this so much. If we look into that, and it's amazing that I've missed this all these years because it is a sermon. Yes. Jesus is preaching a sermon. It's a continuous thought. These things continue to flow. And as we talked about, blessed are the poor in spirit is the thesis statement. It's the introduction. It's what he's setting everything up with that will flow after that, will come after that. That's it. So none of that in in those Beatitudes are going to matter. It's not going to happen. How am I going to be mourning over sin? How am I going to be meek? How am I going to hunger and thirst if I don't have a humble mindset? So I think it's a good place to start in Matthew chapter 5, and then we'll get to the idea. I know you will later on on asking. That's good. So, yeah, so let's start there. So what we need to do before we get there, Matthew 5, as, as Matt's going to read and we're going to study this, what you'll see is what we tend to do with this text is we split it up. So the Beatitudes are by itself. Worries by itself. Seeking first the kingdom is by itself. But just like Matt said, this is one giant sermon. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. So we got to make sure that we keep this in context. We can understand what's going on. That's right. All right. So let's let's start with the what the sermon here in Matthew chapter five as we're looking through this. Okay. So here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter five, verse three: "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven." For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Mm. So now what that does, the image there that Jesus is painting. So before we get into our topic of we think we've been asking the wrong questions, it goes back to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is Matthew 5, verses 3 through 9. And if you notice what Matt read in that text, all of that stuff deals with you. That's it. It deals with nobody else. Deals with no other situation, things you can't control, and we're going to hit that later. Mm-hmm. 
but asking yourself the, the wrong question. So think about it. You, you and I, we've kind of been going through our lives and we're asking the Lord for certain things. Lord, please help me with this. Please help me with that. Please give me this. Please allow this to happen in my life. And that's not necessarily wrong to ask those things. But while you're doing that, are you changing? So if you're not changing within the situation that you want to change, that unchangeable situation is not going to change because we have to want to change. So as we're looking through this text, Jesus is teaching us in order for things to change, you have to change first. Mm -hmm. And so, Matt, kind of give me your thoughts on this as we're we're kind of building this thought process on this. Well, and I, I think this is so important because people want to talk about persecution, Okay, so if you look at the end latter part of verses 10 through 12, it says, blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Well, here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Jesus, what is righteousness? Mm. He just got done explaining it in verses three through nine. That's it. So blessed are they when they are persecuted for the reason of them following verses three through nine. They were poor in spirit. They were meek. They mourned. They hungered and thirst for righteousness. So on and so forth. (laughs) So when we're doing that, Guess what naturally is going to come? Persecution. Persecution. So we might ask ourselves the question, if I'm not being persecuted, am I living out Matthew 5, 3 through 9? Mm. Now, I want you to consider what was said in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. For all who desire to live godly shall suffer. Now, who is that? Is that some? All. Now, what also is important is who desire to live godly. Well, what did it say in Matthew chapter 5? What's the parallel to that? Mm. Righteousness. Righteousness. Godly. So if we are living out that way, the Lord is saying we will suffer persecution. Mm. That's okay. So now now we're getting here. So this is where we're going with it. So with us asking the wrong questions, what do we do moving forward now? So now as we're going to use Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as our thesis as we're studying this, here's number one if you're taking notes with us. So in order to start asking yourselves the right questions... You need to ask first for yourself. So notice, think about your prayers. Think about the things that you pray for. When you pray for those things, it's mostly things that can that you can receive. So financial help, I need it. Other people, I need it. Other situations, I need it. But are you are you praying and are you asking for your heart to change? That's it. That's that's where it is. And sometimes we can miss it. Mm-hmm. Because what we've been doing our entire lives is asking for people, asking for situations, and asking for things in hopes that it will make my life better. Mm-hmm. When in all reality, the reason why God hasn't given us those things is because our heart is the thing that's not changing. That's and it. Matthew 5 is going back to, in order for us to start asking the right questions, you have to ask for you first. Mm-hmm. And so... Your heart has to transform before anything in your life is going to change. That's it. And, you know, Jordan, you and I have talked about this. A lot of times we'll go to the letters and and we'll go to maybe what Paul had said to the Corinthians or to the Galatians or we'll see what Peter had to say. There's nothing wrong with that. That's inspired by God. Yep. But what we'll do is we'll go there and we'll start there. That's it. But really where we need to start is with Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 9. And then what we'll find is everything else that we see in the letters is going to come back to those, those things. So I think that's an important thing for us as, we, as we're doing this lesson tonight, as we're talking and doing this podcast. We're going to see that 
as we talk about Matthew 7 here right now, mm. that flows back yes, it does. to Matthew 5, 3 through 9. <laughs> so I'm going to read this for you real quick, and then Jordan, I'll let you, you know, take, take off with it. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Ooh, okay, so now this is where, this is where, and even I've got the perception wrong when studying this. Because when he says, ask, seek, and knock, we think that verse and those commands right there give us the liberty just to keep asking over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Now, the concept of asking, persistent will, right? That's good. That's it. Concept is good. Asking, seeking, knocking for certain things, that's great. But here's what we miss. We're keeping this in context because it's all the same sermon. Mm-hmm. So now, guys, what did we just read in Matthew 5 through through 9? All of that deals with the heart. So what am I asking? What am I knocking? And what should I be seeking? Not things that could be necessarily added to my life, but I should be seeking all those blessings in Matthew chapter 3. Well, that's or it. Matthew 5. That's it. Because what did he just get done saying we don't need to worry about in Matthew 6? All the other stuff. Don't worry about this other all stuff. All the other stuff. So, But why do people ask for all that stuff? And it's not that the Lord isn't concerned. He knows your Father in heaven knows you need these things. But what should we really be asking for is, Lord, make me poor in spirit. The heart. I'm going to ask, seek, and knock for that. That's where we're going to see some changes happen. <laughs> and so now as, think, about, think about how much sense that makes, y'all. So now as we're studying this together, now it gives you direction on what to ask for. It tells you where to go and what you need. So now as we're studying this, could it be possible? Just just think with me here. Let's ask ourselves some questions. So could it be possible that all this time you could have been asking for things, but you're not asking for the right things? So what's the right things? Lord, help me to be poor in spirit. Help me to be humble. Help me to be meek. Help me to hunger and thirst after righteousness. So now there might be skeptics. Well, I'm, I'm trying to do those things. But the things that we're asking for, if we're trying to be humble, meek, everything that's mentioned in Matthew 5, according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Matt, yep. if we seek first the kingdom, mm-hmm. what will he add? Mm, all these things. All these things that we've been asking for. That's it. That we should have been... The things that we ask for, when you really think about it, guys, whether that's a person, whether that's a job, whether that's an opportunity, whether that's finances, whether that's clothes, whether that's whatever we ask for, the crazy thing about it is all of that stuff that we've been asking for for years is a byproduct of you living out Matthew 5. But we've been asking for the byproduct rather than the real thing. Mm. Think about how how confusing that is. It's like, man— if I just live out Matthew 5, guess what type of husband that I can be to somebody? I could be Jesus. Yes. If I live out Matthew 5, guess what type of worker I can be for a company? I can be Jesus. If I live out Matthew 5, guess what I can be to a family? Jesus. We've been missing it. Mm-hmm. So we've been wanting the, the result 
rather than what it takes to get the result. You see what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense as we're studying that? Yeah. And, and what I see too, Jordan, as we've talked about this, is we ask so often for those things that are out of our control. Yes. <clears throat> and that's what we want to focus on. But what I'm seeing more so is we should be asking the Lord to help us with the things that we can control. That's it. So, I, Lord, will you help me to be more poor in spirit? And, and let him handle, let, let's take care of the things that we control mm-hmm. and God, the things that are out of our hands. Let's not worry about it because yep. God will take care of that. And what's interesting is it makes more sense when you think of it from that angle and perspective, because what does it say? Your father in heaven will give you this. Mm. So are there things that we might ask and seek and knock with a, with a true heart and we're really wanting it, but we're asking for the wrong things and we're not getting it. Absolutely. And we're saying, but doesn't the scripture say I'll get it? Well, and then we get we, mad at God that he didn't give it to like us. Like he didn't give it to But are we asking for the right thing? Mm. We should be asking for, Lord, make me your servant. It's make me heart. poor in spirit. Make me meek. Make me mourn. Help me to be hungry and thirsting for righteousness. Father, give me a merciful nature within me where I can look to people and say, I want to help. I want That's to put it. myself, I want to try to put myself in their shoes. Help me, Father, to be pure in heart and help me to be a peacemaker. That's, That's it. what we need to ask for. That's it. So now, this. I hope this is becoming clear is the the first thing that we need to be doing is ask for yourself first. Ask for your heart. So now ask that your heart becomes more like Christ. So now as we look at this and here and I want to mention this too, we reference this. But think about Matthew six thirty three. It's a verse that's referenced a lot. We even sing songs about that. Seek ye first. We'll be singing them this week. We're we're gonna <laughs> sing it this week. It's gonna sound good too. When you, but when you think about it, think about it from their perspective. Jesus had just started his ministry in Matthew 5. So how are they going to seek first the kingdom if it's not here yet? How are they going to seek first the kingdom if it's not here? So the question begs itself, then what's the kingdom? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What equates the kingdom of God and his righteousness if we're staying in context? Everything in Matthew 5, verse 3 through 9. That's seeking first the kingdom. God, sometimes we think, well, seeking first the kingdom is dropping everything and just coming to the building. Should we stop doing that? No, we no. should keep worshiping. We That's should right. keep coming together. We should keep being there when the doors are open. That's a wonderful thing to do. But seeking first the kingdom is seeking first the heart of Jesus. That's, That's it. We've been missing That's it. That's it. It's seeking and, and his we'll, heart. We'll say, and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, because I, I preached this for years. Seeking the kingdom would be seeking the church. And I'm not the church. I love it. That's it. I mean, Christ laid his life on the line and died and shed his blood for it. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. But what I'm seeking first is not the church. His heart. I'm seeking Christ. And then guess what comes with that when I seek Christ? The church. The church. Because I'll see how important it is. So now think think about how much sense this makes, guys. So if if you're searching for humility, if you're searching to be meek, if you're searching to hunger and thirst... If you're searching for all these things in Matthew 5, is evangelism ever going to be a problem for you? Is being with your brethren ever going to be a problem for you? I don't want to come on Wednesday night Bible study. You know, I, I don't want to do it. Yeah, that's not going to be a problem. That's not going if to you're be a seeking problem. Matthew 5, 3 through 9. That's it. And now as we're doing this, so now we've been asking ourselves the wrong question for years. So the question is, instead of asking all these other things that we worry about, Matthew 6... Why don't we start asking how to be like Christ? Help me to have Matthew 5. Mm. Asking first. So now we have to set this up. 
So now as we're asking ourselves these things first, we're gaining the heart of Christ. So now real quick before we move on to the second point here. Well, Jordan, I've been doing that. I feel like I've been doing that, though. Like all these years, I feel like I've been trying to live out Matthew 5. I feel like I've been doing it. So it's almost like how can you know that you're truly living out Matthew 5? Like how can you know it? So I'm not a I'm not the best math guy. I was never good at math in, at any level. But the equation always works. So A squared plus B squared always equals C squared. So now when you look at this, if you do morning, meek, hunger, and thirsting, all these things in Matthew 5, what is that going to equal? Persecution. So if you're being persecuted in your home for living out Matthew 5, at school, at work, and sadly, even in the body. Mm-hmm. If you're being persecuted for living out the life of Jesus, Matthew 5, then you have his heart. The kingdom is yours. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, Matt, what if I'm not? What if I'm not being persecuted? Could it be possible? We don't know everybody's heart. Who can know the heart? Jeremiah 17. Yeah. But could it be possible that I really don't have his heart like I think I do? That's a, I mean, that's a great that's a great question. I, I think about what we covered on Wednesday night when we were discussing about Josiah. Mm. And what we did is we looked at Matthew 5, 3 through 9, and we said, you know, this is the foundation. And let's just see a case study of a person in the scriptures, and let's look at their life and see where it fits. And you go through that, and as you study Josiah, you can see that he, they had not received the word of the law. He didn't know it, and it was brought to him by Chapin. He sees it, he reads it, and immediately he rips his clothes. He shows that he's mournful over his sin. Mm-hmm. Remember, whenever he called to go to the prophetess to get word from the Lord, what did he say? He said, because thou heart was tender. Mm-hmm. And you humbled and yourself. And you humbled yourself. <laughs> so we're back. seeing it, it all back. connecting back. We see him being a person that was merciful for the people because he didn't just care about himself. He read the entire book of the law and he said, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a covenant between these two pillars and I'm going to follow the word of God. And the people said, we shall too. So he, the shepherd, the sheep needed a shepherd at that time. And he said, I'll be the leader for you. He was being merciful. He was showing that he was hungering and thirsting for God because he went and got rid of all the idols. Mm. So what we can do, why I mentioned Josiah is when we say, I feel like I'm doing this, maybe we should start inserting our name to the text. That's it. And looking at ourself and being reflective and being honest with ourselves and saying, am I doing these things? Do I need help in these areas? Where do I, where do I fit? Because what does James say? We can look into the perfect, the perfect law, of, law of liberty, of liberty mm. which I believe there's no better place to look than what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 3 through 9. Let's look into that a little bit, wouldn't you say? That's it. And so now the beautiful thing about it, like Matt mentioned, is... In the Old Testament, Josiah, Moses, Abram, David, Job, Joseph, you could plug in their name in Matthew 5, and it fits. It fits. It fits. And the equation works because guess what happened to Abram, Joseph, David, and Job? All of them were persecuted. All of them. All of them. So now for you tonight, man, maybe all these years I've been asking myself and asking God the wrong questions. So now, plug and play your name and my name in Matthew 5. And honestly, as we're studying this together, I have work to do. Yeah, it's humbling. I have work to do. It's humbling. It's humbling. Because number one, you realize it's almost like you've been asking things 
I wouldn't say in vain, but almost with no direction. Yeah. Almost kind of hoping that things just work out by chance. Yeah. When it's like, there's got to be some type of structure to this. Mm-hmm. Instead of praying for things just to happen for you and just hoping that, hey, tomorrow might be the day. Mm-hmm. This year might be the year. Next year might be the year. Instead, be working on Matthew 5. It gives you direction where to go. Yeah. Which leads perfectly into our second point. Okay. So now... <clears throat> All right, so now we're asking ourselves the right questions now. So we're asking for ourselves, rather than things we could gain, ask the Lord to help us to have his heart, Matthew 5. So then number two, as we're working through this, not only should we ask first for ourselves, but here's where the process builds. Ask for those that are also asking. That's good. Think about how simple that makes it, Matt, now. Yep. It makes it so much simpler instead of, Instead of uh, almost kind of just being with people and doing things and going places, ask for those that are trying to do the same thing you're doing, yeah. the same heart that you're trying to develop. Yeah. So kind of talk about that topic as we look through that, man. Well, man, there's just so many ways you can go with this. You know, let's let's start off to those that are single. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got I've got a daughter. She's still pretty young. I got three daughters. She's 13. There's going to be in the future time where she's going to be looking for. A young man, Lord willing. So what I'm going to be teaching her now through studying these things is that she needs to first and foremost be who she needs to be for Christ. That's it. That's the act. That's asking first. first. That's first. So I'm asking for the Lord to help me to be this. And then I'm going to be asking the Lord to lead me to people, to a man who is asking like I'm asking. Okay, real quick before you keep going. Now here's the danger of not doing that. Yeah. So if you're constantly not doing that and expecting other people to just complete you and fill your life, what's going to end up happening is you'll find people. You can always find people. But what you can what will happen is you will put more on them that's not their responsibility. So if you're not asking for yourself, but you're with somebody that you expect them to be everything for you, but you're not that for them, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. So then no wonder all of us are walking through life heartbroken, expecting somebody else to give us what we should have been working on. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, we should have been working on Matthew 5 ourselves That's instead right. of wanting everybody else to do the work. So I wanted to mention that before we kept going because we can find ourselves in that cycle yeah. sometimes. No, that's a great point. So I think that as we're asking in our lives, as we're trying to be what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 3 through 9. And we're praying for somebody who is trying to do that as well. That gives us more direction. Mm-hmm. Instead of, there's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, please lead me to a faithful Christian man. Or a woman to say that, Lord, please lead me to, you know, or a man to say that about a woman. There's nothing wrong. But let's get a little bit more purposeful in our prayer. That's it. And let's be a little bit more specific. So let's be praying for somebody who has a heart that wants to be just like Christ. Mm. Exactly what he said, that they would be blessed and say, that's who I want, Lord. Let's ask for that. And let's not settle. That's it. Let's not settle. And let's look for that person. That's the asking for those who are asking. From a, from a perspective of those looking to be married someday. That's true. And now think about it from this perspective, too. So now it clears up Matthew 6.33 for people. So now seek. Now think about it from our perspective. Seek first the kingdom. Now the kingdom's here, Acts chapter 2. Yep. Kingdom's here for us, which is the church, right? 
So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So as we walk through life, should you be seeking somebody? Does the text say, knowing what we know now in context, mm. does it say seek first the kingdom or someone that just comes to worship? Mm. You see, so many times we could just be satisfied with someone that's in the door mm-hmm. rather than someone that has the heart. That's right. Please, I mean, I, it, it saddens me to see those situations where people are just satisfied with people that are in the door. Should they be there? Absolutely. They're in the right place. Should we be worshiping together? Hebrews 10? Absolutely. Is it beautiful that they're in the door? Yes. And I'm thankful that those brethren, men and women are there. But you can't just do something and be with someone and build with somebody just because they're in the door. You have to see the heart. Where's the heart at? Now, are people perfect? No. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But there's a difference between perfection and someone working towards being like Christ. Man, is he really trying to live out Matthew 5? Mm-hmm. Is she really trying to live out Matthew 5? Knowing, yes, she's not perfect. He has flaws. She has flaws. But where's his intention? Where's her intention? He's really trying. She's really trying. Now you're seeing their heart. And that that clears things up for you instead of just focusing on who's in the door. Yeah. So, I mean, and notice, ask for those that are asking. So now let's go back to Matthew 7. Ask, seek, and knock. He that asketh, receiveth. Mm -hmm. Right? He that seeketh shall find. Mm -hmm. He that knocketh, the door is open. Mm -hmm. So as you're searching, whether for job, people, yourself, what should you be asking, seeking, and knocking for constantly? asking for those that are asking for the same things you are Mm -hmm. it clears it up Mm -hmm. and it's so much better for you because now it it doesn't feel like you're doing things by chance Mm -hmm. or hoping things are just going to work out aimlessly one day yeah now it's like okay this is the focus direction and where where i want to go yeah i think that's i think what's important too as we think about this is when we're asking these things we we ask but we're content that's it Okay, so so many people ask, and then that goes back to Matthew chapter 6, then they want to fret and worry about it all the time and worry. So, so the Lord knows your heart. The Lord knows what you want. So ask those things, and then just be content. Now, this is a little bit different, but Paul in Philippians 4 says he has learned to be content, to suffer need, and to abound. That's it. So no matter what circumstance he was in, why was he so content? Because he had Christ. That's it. And, and that's what can give us that peace, no matter what, is we know that our center and our focus is on this. Lord, I want to be poor in spirit like you. Mm. Lord, help me to be that. Lord, help me, please, to be somebody that is mournful of sin in my life that I, I would never want to have it in there. Mm. Lord, please help me in my life to the best of my ability to be meek and to, to take the power that you've given me to, and to channel it all toward you. That's it. Help me, Lord, to hunger and thirst for righteousness because I know that that's what you were, Lord. So when we have that in our life, mm. we truly have everything. Mm. And now that you have everything, living that brings contentment. You know, I think mm. about 1 Timothy 6. Yeah. Living that brings contentment. Yeah. So think about it. Let me ask y'all a question. <laughs> everything that y'all been asking for, up to this point, whether you've received it you or whether you haven't, 
Aren't you tired of asking over and over? Don't you get tired? So now when you live out Matthew 5, it brings a certain level of peace, Philippians 4, verse 7. Mm-hmm. And we have a peace that passes all understanding. understanding. But y'all, where does that peace come from? Matthew 5. <laughs> we have to be a peace. We have to be a peacemaker. Which means the first person we make peace with is who? Is God. Is God. Is God. It's, it's God. You see, it all goes back. Yes. It all goes back. And as we're looking at this, you know, even from 1 Timothy 6, but godliness with contentment mm. is great gain. What is godliness? <laughs> Matthew 5. Righteousness. Righteousness. Yep. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yep. Matthew 5 through, through 9. Yeah. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, here's here's the problem. So many times we've let our friends, whether Christian friends or not, sometimes we can let them, uh, and even people in general, sometimes we can almost seem like, well, Jordan, Matt, that's not enough. You need to be out here. You need to be doing this. You need to be, so that's not enough. I understand that's good in Matthew 5, but that's not enough. Where is that in scripture? Mm. Yep. Where's that in Scripture? Mm-hmm. Understanding Matthew 5 now, 1 Timothy 6 now, Philippians 4. Living godly and asking the Lord to put these things in my life, that's enough. Mm. And anything else he adds is icing. That's right. Anything else he adds is icing. That's right. And so now, that this changes, as we study, this changes my perspective. Hopefully this is changing yours as we're looking through. Because we can just be aimlessly asking for things, but the Lord says, look, you're looking at the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. You need to look at my heart. Mm -hmm. And as you have my heart, he said, and all these things shall be added. All the things that you need. Everything that you need. Will be provided. Will be provided. And it's a beautiful thing. And the thing about it is it takes takes pressure off you. It uh, It takes a certain weight off of you. Because now your direction and your mind is so focused on from this day forward, I'm just going to have and work towards having the heart of Christ. And whatever the Lord wants to add, he will add. Whatever the Lord wants to take away, he will take away. Mm. But like Job said, (laughs) whether he adds or whether he takes away, blessed be his name. Blessed be his name. (laughs) That's it. It just simplifies it, man. It just... Well, and Jordan, doesn't it make Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 a lot more clear now? It does. Because now when you look at enter, enter ye by the narrow gate, mm-hmm. for wide is the path and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who find it. Wh- mm-hmm. What does that mean? So there are many that aren't pure in heart. Mm-hmm. There are many that don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. There are a few that will. Mm-hmm. It, it just When you just look at it contextually, yes, it just makes more sense. It does. It's, oh. I mean, we could really go into yeah. We could we could go into the command. Uh, yep. Oh, do we have to mention it? How long do we have? Four hours? Eight hours? Eight hours? <laughs> uh, oh. <clears throat> All right. I feel like we got to mention. It. I feel go like ahead. I feel like we got to mention it. Okay. So we have to issue a warning as we study this. The warning is this. So think about Matthew five. What were the Pharisees and the Sadducees? What were they? What did they value the most? They valued the law. The law. And law, right, when you think about it, as they valued the law, (laughs) law came with commandments. So what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were great at doing was 
following the law to a T, mm -hmm. but also they added certain things that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But going back to what you showed me about what Jesus said about he's coming to fulfill the law. Yeah. Kind of explain that, talking about what he came to do, because that that even makes Matthew 5 pop a little bit more now, too. Because as we study this, what can happen is, as a Christian, I could be so focused on trying to keep the command without having the heart. And so think about it. The command, seek ye first the kingdom. The command, worship. So you can show up. You can be there. You can be around the right people. Well, what if the heart is not right? Then what good is the, what good is doing the command over and over? That's it. It's no good. Yeah. So that's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees got so mad at Jesus because in their minds, we're doing what's right. We're following the law. But notice what Matt's going to read here of what Jesus's goal was in this text. Okay, so I'm going to, if you remember from Matthew 5, I had just left off in verse 12 where we talked about persecution. You rejoice and be exceeding and glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, verses 13 through verses 16, a lot of times is not completely taken context from Matthew 5. That's it. Okay, so verse 13 is where we get, and this is a continual train of thought. You are the salt of the earth. Okay, now let me ask the question. Who is the salt of the earth? Okay, well, who would that be? That would be those that are doing Matthew 5, 3 through 9. Okay, but if the salt loses its flavor, okay, what does that mean? How could I lose my flavor? That means I stop doing verses three through nine. That's it. I stop being poor in spirit. I stop mourning. I stop hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Then it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So brethren, think about this. If I'm not following Matthew five, three through nine, it, it's basically telling me that I'm good for nothing. That's it. But to be trampled out and thrown underfoot by men. Okay, now keeping it in context. Jesus said that, y'all. Matt didn't say it. No. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So who are those that are a light? Okay, so look at this. It is those that are doing Matthew 5, 3 through 9. We are like a city that is on a hill that cannot be missed. Cannot. And does that not explain then why persecution is probably coming? Yes. Because you're going to see it. It's going to be in those people's lives. So look at verse 16. So why do we do this? We let our light shine. We do Matthew 5, 3 through 9. Before men that they may see your good works. What's the good works? What are the good what works? Are the, what are the good works? Matthew 5, Matthew 3 5. through 9. That's now, it. brethren might want to say, no, 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 there's more to it than that. No, no, no. Everything goes back to Matthew 5, 3 through 9. That's it. So anything I'm doing is a result of Matthew 5, 3 through 9. Mm. So it may be me assembling for Bible class. Yes, that's important. But why? Because it shows that I'm hungry and thirsting for righteousness. Mm. The heart's there. It's the heart. It's the heart. It's the heart of the matter. So then, that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify how great you are. No. Mm. Glorify your Father in heaven. When we are doing those things... <laughs> Our Father is being glorified through us. When we're not, the text tells us we're good for nothing. That's it. Okay. Now, very next verse, continual thought. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Okay, I wonder what is fulfilling the law. He didn't. Now, notice, he said, I didn't come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. So what fulfills the command? The heart. It's the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter. And the heart goes back to 
you need to be poor in spirit. You need to mourn. Okay? You need to be meek. You need to hunger and thirst. You need to be merciful. You need to be pure in heart. You need to be people that are peacemakers in this life. That is it. That's the heart of the matter. Verse 18, for assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. That's it. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I wonder what we should be teaching people in the kingdom of heaven, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Now look at verse 20. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. That's it. Were the Pharisees righteous? Yeah, they're very self-righteous in their own eyes, weren't they? They They were were following it to the law, but their heart was not in it. Jesus has taken us back to the heart. Now the transition goes right into verse 21 where he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. He goes back to the law. Here was the purpose of it. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and therefore remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. What's he telling us here? He's not telling us it's not just a matter of me not murdering, but it's my heart. It's the heart. Then he continues to go on to verse 27 and talks about adultery. If a man even lust in his what? His heart. His heart. His heart. So Jesus is contextually telling us here clearly what is fulfilling the law is that it is about our heart doing what God has wanted us to do. You see how easy that is to miss? That's so easy. And it's like, as we said it more, it's like, it makes so much more sense. Jesus is talking about the heart of the matter. So from this point forward, as we're walking through our lives, what should we be focused on? Our hearts. The heart. Because if the heart is right, then any command will come as a result of the good heart. You need me to take care of widows and orphans? I got it. Okay. The heart. Why? Because the heart. The heart's I, right. I know it's important because I can see that this is, this is what the Lord wants me to do. That's it. So that's what I was kind of talking about, where we might go to the letters and we'll start there. No, no, no. Let's start with Jesus in Matthew 5, 3 through 9. And then we can see as it branches out, those things in the letters now won't be so hard for us to do. That's it. And now, now think about this. So now as we're, as we're talking about asking ourselves the wrong questions, first of all, what we got to do, we got to ask for you first. So... From this point forward, I know Matt and I have, as we study this, we've studied this for a year or so now. Yeah. And we both said, look, it's time to continue to work on the heart. Yeah. And it's not just one part of it. It's all of it's these. all of it. And it's continuous. It's, it's, continuous. it's continuous. It never stops. Yeah. So we have to work on our heart. And maybe when you think about it, could it be possible that we've all wasted time by asking for other things rather than asking for our hearts? So ask for you. Ask for your heart. Mm. So then, too, ask for those that are also asking. So now, as Matt looked at it, he was like, Jordan, check this out. I was like, okay, I've been looking at that, too. Now, Matt was asking. I was asking. Now we ask together. So now, ask for those that are also asking. But just like the Proverbs writer says, just like the Psalmist writer says, 
in all actuality, it's a rarity. <laughs> yeah. It's a rarity because we can be around those that are just focused on the commands rather than focus on the heart. So when you find somebody that's focused on the heart, cherish that because that's the treasure. Yeah. And now, like we talked about being purposeful. Yes. Like I can be more purposeful for Jordan now when I pray for my brother, when Mm. I know that it is your desire someday to have a Christian wife. Yep. So now I'm not just saying, Lord, lead lead him to somebody that's a a faithful Christian woman. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. That's an appreciative prayer, and that's a good prayer. But now I can say, this is exactly what I know Jordan is looking for. That's it. There's purpose. Verses 3 through 9 is what he is looking for in a woman. And I pray, Lord, that you would lead that. To him. Now, segueing, if I can. Yeah. Okay. Let's segue. Let's segue. That's, that's that portion of it. But I think that we can also use this in regards to evangelism. Yes. Okay. So I, I first am asking first, Lord, help me to be this. Because how can I go to a person, Matthew chapter 7, <laughs> and take that, <laughs> that speck out of their eye when I got a log in mine? So I ask first. I be that person pers- first. And then I start asking that the Lord would lead me to people mm. that are trying to fulfill Matthew 5, 3 through 9. Yes, sir. They're so close to the kingdom. Yes, sir. Now, we <laughs> might it. we might say this prayer, and there's nothing wrong with it. We're just trying to be more specific, more purposeful, maybe. That's it. Lord, lead me to those with open hearts. That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. But how about we pray, lead me to those, Father, that are trying to follow Matthew 5, 3 through 9. That's it. That's it. And didn't that happen with Peter and Cornelius? What was Cornelius doing in Acts 10? Cornelius was looking. You got it. Looking Peter, Peter, he denied it three times, though. Yep. So it's possible that we could have done exactly what Peter's doing, denied it. But God said, this is it. That's right. And so Cornelius was looking. Peter finally began to look, and they found each other. How about the eunuch? Philip. Philip. The same thing. Yeah. Do you understand what you're reading? Mm -hmm. How can I unless somebody teaches me? right it's the same concept so now that goes perfect with our third point here as we talk about this ask to not miss the knock that's right peter almost missed. so think about it think about peter in acts 10 peter almost missed the knock the opportunity to help somebody who was searching so god had to show him this is exactly what you need and for us it's possible that in some circumstances in our lives we missed the knock because we weren't looking for the right things. So instead of looking for the right things, we were so focused on us rather than the heart and maybe even the opportunity at hand. So now with, with Peter, that's why later on in the book of Acts, Peter could say, I now understand that God is not a respecter of persons and he led me to this man. So think about for you guys, don't you want whatever whatever you're desiring, Psalm chapter 37, wherever you're trying to go, the spiritual goals that you have, instead of just aimlessly walking around hoping that things just happen for you or hoping that things and, and people just work for you, don't you want to be led to it? Think about that, Matt. Yep. The beauty of being led to something. You're not forcing it. You're not manipulating it. You're not, you're not aimlessly hoping that it turns out. You're led. You're led by it. You're yes. led by it. Led. I want to be led to things. And I hope you guys, too, as we study this. You, you have a thought here. I see you looking at the scripture here, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Saul mm. of Tarsus and the type of man that we all know that he was. You know, he persecuted the church. 
He was there when the first Christian was killed with Stephen in Acts chapter 7. He held the coats. And we know that in Acts chapter um, 8, he was, he was on his way uh, to persecute the church. So then we are in Acts chapter 9, excuse me. So then we're in Acts chapter 9 and we see that he is struck blind and he is told that he is to go to a city. Now, I just want you to think for a second, okay? If you're a Christian and you know what Saul was doing and he goes to a city and the Lord is leading you to him. Mm. Mm. That's a different. That's different. That's different. That's different. That's, that's different. Okay, I know I want to evangelize, but oh, I'm not different. trying to go there. <laughs> I'm not trying to go to Saul. So that's exactly what Ananias was asked to do. So he is waiting. Verse 10 says this in Acts chapter 9. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So he's answering. Yep. He's answering the Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire of the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he's praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias received, re- answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. We might say he knocked. That's it. So... Think about this for a second, guys. Imagine what would have happened. I believe the Lord would have provided a way for Paul. Right. But imagine if he hadn't listened to that knock. Mm. And, and, and the Lord is saying, no, I need you to go. So we need to be in our lives like Ananias. That's it. There might be people that the Lord is putting in our past that we might think are not worthy. That's it. But those might be the very people that are asking. Mm. And those might be the very people that, that we have been praying for, and we just don't want to miss it. that knock. we knock. missed it. We don't want to miss that knock. Oh, okay. Here's, so really quick, because this is, okay, this is good. <laughs> He's getting chills. He's getting chills. <laughs> so now think about this really quick as we get some quick application, then we're closing it. Think about that concept, okay? The Lord leading. So one thing the Lord will not lead you into mm-hmm. is temptation. Amen. Lord, lead us not into temptation, yep. but the with Lord, every temptation, he will provide. The he will provide the escape way of escape. That's right. But the Lord can lead to difficult times. Trials. He can lead to trial. Mm-hmm. He can lead to affliction. But think about it from this perspective of Matthew five now and Matthew seven and six. Whether the Lord's leading you to the good times or the valleys. It's possible that he's leading you there. Because there's a door he wants you to knock. And he doesn't want you to miss it. Mm. But we may have missed the door because we're busy looking at the circumstance. So what if Ananias would have missed the door like you said? Yeah. What if he would have focused too much on who Paul was or used to be and the circumstance? Lord, I'm not going. Yeah. So offhand... Jonah missed the knock the first time. He sure did. Go to Tarshish. I don't want to go. He didn't just make it, miss it. He ran the <laughs> he other ran, way. He ran the other way. Get me out. I'm out. So for us, as, as we talk about this, guys, as we close and, and think about these thoughts, 
have this this brings direction this brings peace this brings a certain level of it's almost confidence purpose, and purpose. purpose in your life now where you're not, you're not aimlessly hoping that things just work out for you it's not like life is not going to be like the movies where it just works out at the end yeah it's like how do i fix this how do i fix it it's not going to work that way mm-hmm. and so we've been we've been feeding ourselves this false dream but what we need to be working on moving forward is regardless of what happens moving forward, being Matthew 5, verse 3 through 9, that's the priority. Everything else the Lord will handle. That's right. That's it. That's right. So I hope for hopefully for you guys that, that gives you a level of encouragement as it's encouraged Matt and I as we study. Absolutely. And we're going to continue to study this hopefully throughout the year. Uh, this year and next year, Lord willing, too, as we're working together. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope that I was able to encourage you and go back. And again, this might be new. Yep. You know, this might be something that shocked you, but go back and check everything again yep. and check it again and check it again. That's right. And when you study this in context now, it will change it. Yeah. It will totally change it for you. So, Matt, you had any closing thoughts or, or ideas as we get ready to get out of here? Oh, man, I'm just thankful. Uh, thankful to you, Jordan, all the work that you're putting in and. Um, if you guys would, as you're listening to this, just be, just be prayerful for us here at Gateway Area Bible Camp. Yes, sir. Um, pray that this would be a work that would be able to help to change the hearts of some of these young people, as well as, you know, counselors and, and me, my heart needs to continue to be transformed to be more like yes, Christ. Sir. Absolutely. So if you guys would pray for us, that we would be more like Matthew five, three through nine. Um, I know Jordan and I would greatly appreciate that in our ministry. Um, we know that if there's ego and if there's pride, then we know pride cometh before the fall. Yeah. But we know that if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he'll lift us up. That's it. So appreciate you guys. Uh, that's something we're working on, and hopefully you want to work on that too. So, again, study on that. Pray about Matthew 5 in your life. Ask the Lord to give you all those things in verse 3 through 9 and work through it. Yeah. Work through the process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be it's going to be a, a tough road, as David saw in Psalm 23. There's some hills. There's some valleys. But there's some sunshine too. But we're working with him, and we're trying to have his heart. So um, this is going to be the podcast for Monday. So since it's so late, this is probably not going to be released until the morning. But, again, I'm thankful for you guys and thankful for this opportunity that we have to study. Um, again, we're, we're working on, on on some new things, and we ask that you guys pray for us. And uh, we appreciate you guys, so Lord willing, uh, we will see you guys sometime uh, next week. Thanks, guys.